0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, September 29th. In the six weeks since the double homicide of Kylan Schulte and Crystal Turner, authorities have offered little information. KZMU's Justin Higginbottom reports on the people turning to social media for answers.
1: Cindy Sue Hunter is at Swanee Park in Moab. At a picnic table nearby is Sean Paul Schulte. He's been in town for nearly a month, collecting tips to solve his daughter's murder. He sits behind what he calls the clue booth. When Kylan and Crystal first disappeared, Sean Paul posted on Facebook asking for help. It was Cindy Sue that answered.
2: And I said, well, I don't know what I can do, but I'm, I'm going to go look. And he says, well, I'm, I just think the police missed something. You know, look for a broken fender, uh, broken headlights. So I literally, that, I mean, that's why it took me almost five hours to find them from the time I left the house, is because I stopped and looked over edges of cliffs and ravines and chased people down even. Um, if I saw someone, I chased them down. I made them look at the pictures, you know. I said, these girls are missing. This is their car. Have you seen them?
1: Since she um, found their bodies, good. authorities God, have released little information. Them. On August 19th, the Grand County Sheriff's Department said they didn't believe the public was in danger. On September 17th, they said the murders weren't related to Gabby Petito's death, the Florida woman whose disappearance has captivated national media.
2: You know, personally, putting out a one-line press statement that says, not related. Why? You know, they're doing it to us again. Y'all are safe. Why? How are we safe? How is the case not related? Give us something.
1: So Cindy Sue goes to Facebook every day for news. She scrolls slowly through pages sharing information on the case. Pages like Transparency for Kylan and Crystal, or Justice for Kylan and Crystal, which has over 10,000 members. It's run by Kylan's aunt, Bridget Calvert.
3: As Kylan was growing up, I lived with my brother and her a couple times. I have 14 nieces and nephews just on that side, but she was the first niece. She was my little baby girl.
1: Bridget first created the page to find her niece. Now it's a space where people from around the country post tips and questions and discuss theories. There's a timeline of where Kylan and Crystal were last seen. There's also information on Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie's whereabouts. Many online sleuths following Gabby's case have now turned their eyes to Moab. Members declare suspects and chase leads
3: someone said that there was a gentleman with a pan flute. And so then people on the page will just dig into all different social media. And then I'll get screenshots that are like, here's a guy that was in Moab, posted about a pan flute and had a black truck, like it matches all the different things that someone said.
1: Bridget hopes the crowdsourcing will help, like it did to find Kylan and Crystal's bodies.
3: The one thing we just keep trying to share is is to continue to spread the word as much as we can, because Moab is such a vacation destination for so many people. And there still could be that person who hasn't heard the story and was hiking with a GoPro or driving by with a dash cam and might have actual video footage that could help in the case. And they haven't heard the story to know that they could help.
1: On Monday, the page Transparency for Kyla and Crystal suggested followers call the Grand County Sheriff to demand an update. But Bridget thinks that goes too far. She's worried it could clog up phone lines. Yesterday, the Sheriff's Department released a statement saying tips from the public have benefited the case, and that forensic tests will take months to complete. Bridget has spent up to 10 hours a day sorting through messages and posts on her page. Other family members take turns and help.
3: So when people are diving into something, I feel like it's not even necessarily your regular true crime people. It's people that have started to really fall in love with who Kylan and Crystal are, or even just the idea of two lives that were kind, joyful, and happy and deserve an answer.
1: If enough people help, she thinks that answer will come. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News.
3: If anyone was
0: in the South Mesa area of the LaSalle Mountains between Friday, August 13th and Sunday, August 15th, the Grand County Sheriff's Office needs you to contact them with anything you may have seen or heard. That number is 435-259-8115. There is a $20,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or people involved in the double homicide. And Sean Paul Schulte is at Swanee City Park for the rest of this week, helping collect tips on his daughter's murder. He'll be at the park from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. tomorrow and Friday. The outlook remains grim for the Colorado River Basin. A new five-year forecast from the Bureau of Reclamation shows already historic low levels in Lakes Powell and Mead, are on track to keep dropping. With our partners at KUNC, Alex Hager has the details.
1: The forecast calls for critically low water levels in those reservoirs thanks to decades of drought and low runoff throughout the basin. At Lake Powell, the Bureau says water could get too low to generate hydropower as soon as July of next year, even earlier than past estimates. One reclamation official said the data was troubling and called for more collaborative work. This latest forecast provides a more dire but perhaps more accurate assessment of the river's future. Models now use more recent data that factors in the effects of climate change. I'm Alex Hager.
0: So-called sundown towns once drove people of color out or didn't allow them to live within city limits. From our partners at KUER, Ivana Martinez tells the story of one Utah town's
4: history with racial discrimination. Utah doesn't appear to have had any laws on the books that said people of color couldn't live in town. But it seems clear African-Americans weren't welcome in many places. Price was one of them. That's because of the 1925 lynching of Robert Marshall and its aftermath. Census data from the Times shows there were almost 200 black people living in Carbon County. 10 years after the lynching, there were only 39. Kimberly Mangun is an associate professor at the University of Utah. She studied Marshall's death. Mangan says it's hard to directly tie the two events together, but the data tells a story.
2: Certainly the numbers are really evident with that drastic decline. People at the time said they did not feel safe, like Utahns did not feel safe, um, particularly after the lynching.
4: Years later, not much has changed. In the late 90s, Reverend France Davis needed an escort to go commemorate Marshall's death in Price.
3: And when we got there, uh, they attached the policemen to mean because they had so many threats of, um, against my life.
4: Mangan says the mining town isn't the only place where discrimination occurred. It was felt all over the state. It may not have been
2: outright racism, but it was exclusion through other means. So economic disenfranchisement, for example, where there were separate white and black businesses, um, housing, residential discrimination.
4: In light of last year's protests against racial injustice, Mangan says much of this history is still present today. Ivana Martinez, KUER News. That piece comes from our partners at
0: KUER NPR Utah. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, September 29th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.